This is the Troll Patrol. Live. With Justin. Freaking. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Monday. Where was I last night? It was another one of those nights where I just walked into the bedroom to get ready for the show. And Socks was laying there looking all cute and snuggly. So I'm like, hey, buddy, can I cuddle up with you for a second? And the second turned into three hours and took like a nap. Sorry, I reserve the right to do that from time to time, especially during the holiday season. It seems like I go into don't give a fuck mode really easily. Sparkles picks her nose during the countdown. We don't even have a countdown for the freak show yet. I have produced one. We just haven't broke it out yet because I'm waiting on I'm waiting on something to happen. I've got some I've got some shit ready to go for the freak show. Stuff I've been working on. Welcome, welcome. It's a freaking Monday. We're gonna be talking about you know news and politics and bullshit like that. What we got on the show tonight? Um, hmm. We've got footage of the blizzard that hit the Big Island of Oahu in Hawaii. Unfortunately, Hawaii now facing catastrophic flooding. We have preliminary data on the Omicron variant. As South Africa prepares for a steeper increase in cases, it seems. It also seems that vaccines still protect you from severe illness and death. However, it looks like the Omicron variant is able to easily reinfect people who have already had one of the previous variants. U.S. diplomats will not be attending the Beijing Olympics here in like two months, two months and some change. China is warned of countermeasures. We're also going to talk about the meeting between President Joe Biden and President Vladimir Putin taking place tomorrow, I believe. I think it's a Zoom call. This comes after Russian fighter planes intercepted U.S. planes over the Black Sea. Right-wingers are touting a Yale epidemiologist who says that the COVID pandemic has been overblown by government officials. But I'm going to show you what that epidemiologist colleagues have to say about that particular epidemiologist. Dr. Fauci is firing back at Senator Ron Johnson. We have a cruise. We have a cruise. Apparently it's docked now. Full of people that have the COVID, including, I think, a crew member is suspected of having the Omicron variant. Ooh, a new analysis of data shows that pro-Trump areas in the country, surprise, surprise, have a higher death rate from COVID-19 going to hear from a couple from the UK who's going to describe their quarantine process after going down to South Africa for their wedding. So, you know, this is going to be a fucking 
bougie entitled story. We're gonna listen to Joe Rogan, bitch, about CNN some more. This comes after Chris Cuomo fired, fired from the network. The right is accusing Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of dismissing thefts, multiple thefts. I'm going to show you some data on the real theft taking place in this country. We're going to check in with the striking Kellogg workers who may have reached a deal. We won't know until tomorrow. A CEO laid off employees over Zoom. Oh my God! Okay, okay. yeah, the CEO the CEO story is outlandish, but we're gonna we're gonna have to talk about this. I was gonna avoid it. I don't. I. But like today, Jesse Smollett took the took the stand in his trial where he's being accused of making up. A hate crime incident. And this, this is the headline of a Vice article from today. Jesse Smollett testified he did drugs and masturbated with his attacker. I don't know what to think about anything going on in this trial. This is all so very, very confusing to me. However, just from just from that headline that apparently Jesse Smollett himself testified he did drugs and masturbated with his attacker, there's only one conclusion we can come to. You live in sexual anarchy? That is sexual anarchy if I have ever heard sexual anarchy mentioned. What the fuck? I mean, not to king shame anybody. Believe me, I have done drugs and masturbated with plenty of people in my life. That's not that's not the issue here. Being of which, I'm not high enough for this shit. <laughs> oh fuck. Drugs is all you can do. I don't know. I've I've been told he was in contract negotiations and he just wanted to to get his name out there or some shit. We're going to start off tonight. Ding dong, Bob Dole is dead. Because I fell asleep last night and didn't get a chance to talk about it. Bob Dole, the long... Bob Dole? He was like 90 fucking 8. And apparently, apparently he was the voice of fucking reason that stopped Mike Pence from attempting to overturn the election. Who, who even fucking knows? He grew up in this humble home in Russell, Kansas. He was the oldest of four children. He was a piece of shit. He enlisted in the military and fought in World War II. After being critically wounded in Italy, he lost the use of his right arm. When he returned to the U.S., I didn't know that. He became a lawyer, served in the Kansas State Legislature, and in 1960 was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives. Eight years later, he won a seat in the U.S. Senate. 
where he became the Republicans' longest-serving Senate leader. And like everybody here, I'm an optimist. I've... Dole was a staunch defender of President Nixon during the Watergate era. He was known for a sharp tongue. So, a dumb fuck. And joined Gerald Ford at the bottom of the GOP ticket in the 1976 presidential race. But the two Republicans lost to Jimmy Carter and Fritz Mondale in the general election. Dole ran for president twice in the 1980s, before getting the nomination in 1996. And so, loser, loser, loser. Let me be the bridge to a time of tranquility. I'm sorry, I ran somebody off by attacking Bob Dole. Lost to President Bill Let me tell you, if you were disgusted by my attack on Bob Dole, from the Senate in do you? Dole devoted his later years to the cause of wounded war veterans. We owe them a debt. He was a driving force behind the World War II memorial on the National Mall. He also aided the political ambitions of his second wife, Elizabeth, who launched an unsuccessful bid for president in 2000 and then served one term in the U.S. Senate from North Carolina. Ned Barker, Associated Press. So good riddance, Bob Dole. I can't point to anything particular he was involved in that was sleazy, but you know he was. He was a fucking, he was part of the Republican Party. He was a Nixon fucking supporter. You know he did all kinds of shit. What's up, Socks? Socks came up here to tell me he wanted to piss on Bob Dole's grave. They had it in the can for a while. God damn, it might have been, it might have been fucking... They might have had one 20 fucking years ago ready to go, but they had to update it in HD a few years back. <laughs> yeah, they've got, they, for those of you who don't know, like, uh, CNN, AP, places like, they already have those packages put together for notable people for when they pass away. It's just kind of a thing they do. It's kind of morbid. <laughs> Oh, shit. Ah, so here we go with Biden versus Putin. Biden and Putin head into Ukraine talks with scant room for compromise. President Joe Biden and Vladimir Putin have a a chasm of mutual distrust to bridge when they hold a virtual meeting on Tuesday in the shadow of what the United States believes is threatened Russia invasion of Ukraine. A lamentable state was how the Kremlin described relations ahead of the extended video conference call, which is expected to start around 10 a.m. Eastern time. Washington has accused Russia of massing troops near the border with Ukraine to intimidate an aspiring NATO member, suggesting it could be a repeat of Moscow's 2014 playbook when it sees the Black Sea Peninsula of Crimea from Ukraine. It says the West is ready with tough sanctions if Russia invades. The Kremlin has rejected the idea that its forces are poised to invade as fear-mongering, and has said its troops move around its own territory for purely defensive purposes. For Moscow, the growing NATO embrace of a neighboring former Soviet republic and what it sees as the nightmare possibility of alliance uh, missiles in Ukraine targeted against Russia is a red line it will not allow to be crossed. Putin has demanded legally binding security guarantees that NATO will not expand further east 
or place its weapons close to Russian territory. Washington has repeatedly said no country can veto Ukraine's NATO hopes. I don't accept anybody's red lines, Biden said on Friday. A senior U.S. administration official told reporters on Monday that Biden would warn Putin of severe economic consequences if Russia invaded Ukraine and stressed that the U.S. was not seeking a scenario that included U.S. military action. Andy Kordunov, head of the Russian International Affairs Council, which is close to the foreign ministry, said the two men's positions were unlikely to be reconciled. The only thing they can probably agree on, if it turns out to be a good conversation, is that everybody directly or indirectly engaged there in the situation should demonstrate restraint and commitment to de-escalate. But otherwise, I see no way how Biden can promise Putin that NATO will not go east. Spokesperson for the U.S. National Security Council said Washington wanted to avert a crisis and a negative spiral in the broader relationship through diplomacy and de-escalation. Weird to be talking about de-escalation when this happened over the weekend. Suspiciously left out of the uh, Reuters article that we just read from. This is from The Sun. Russian fighter jets intercept U.S. spy plane over the Black Sea as fears rage Putin will invade Ukraine in early 2022. We even have video of the spy plane here. Washington believes that Moscow is massing some 175,000 men, along with a large arsenal of tanks and artillery, to prepare for an attack on Kiev. Western observers have been nervously watching the rumbling of Russian troops and armor near the former Soviet state over the past few months. Russia has denied any aggressive intent towards Ukraine, but has also laid down red lines about its neighbor's relationship with NATO. And in the latest flashpoint... Um, I'm, I might be mispronouncing it. SU-27 and SU-30 fighter jets saw off an American RC-135 reconnaissance aircraft over the Black Sea. Black Sea waters and airspace regularly patrolled by Western militaries and their Russian counterparts, often leading to tensions. And the landlocked sea is believed to be a key tactical point for a potential Russian invasion of Ukraine. Meanwhile, pictures also show Russian military drills underway in regions close to Ukraine, including Voronezh and Belgorod. Belgorod. The fun name of a town. Biden just causing issues all over the world. Announcing today that U.S is planning a diplomatic boycott of the Beijing Winter Olympics. This is Press Secretary Jen Psaki. Administration will not send any diplomatic or official representation to the Beijing 2022 Winter Olympics and Paralympic Games, given the PRC's ongoing genocide and crimes against uh, humanity in Xinjiang and other human rights abuses. The athletes on Team USA have our full support. 
We will be behind them 100% as we cheer them on from home. We will not be contributing to the fanfare of the games. U.S. diplomatic or official representation would treat these games as business as usual in the face of the PRC's egregious human rights abuses and atrocities in Xinjiang, and we simply can't do that. As the President has told President Xi, standing up for human rights is in the DNA of Americans. Uh, we have a fundamental commitment to promoting human rights, and we feel strongly in our position, and we will continue to take actions to advance human rights in China and beyond. Um, the Chinese Foreign Ministry has already suggested. It's in our DNA, she said. I was taking a hit of my duggy pipe. Almost choked when she said protecting human rights is in our DNA or whatever whatever the fuck she said. <laughs> most most uh most first world countries will not extradite to the United States because they say our jails don't meet minimum humanitarian standards. Jen Saki. Countermeasures, firm countermeasures. I believe the term that they used. Have they indicated uh, uh, to the administration yet what sort of action that they might take uh, for this move? Well, I don't have anything to Mer- write down. Morgan, you are exactly right about this red scare shit. And like, I had a Blaze article that I was going to talk about in the whole China situation because they were talking about China wanting to to put this military base off of the coast of Africa. But when I went into the Blaze article and started looking at their sources, this was from 2014. <laughs> and they were passing it off as like it was it was current. They were talking about like the Biden administration's current stance towards this story about some African general talking about China wanting to build a base off of which I mean China builds all kinds of shit in Africa. I really I wanted to do the story just because I laughed at the fact that the US has the audacity to scoff at somebody else building a military base in the world. Are you serious? How many military bases have we got? Something like 130-something? 140? Fuck all the way off. Seriously. Their intentions or what they would convey uh, from officials from the PRC. But our view is that's not the right way to view or frame our relationship. Uh, Our view is that uh, cooperation uh, on transnational issues is not a favor to us. It is not a transaction. The PRC should be taking action on issues uh, where uh, there are, where the global community uh, to meet the needs of the global community, uh, and that's what they should do uh, in order to be a part of leadership in the global community. So I don't have anything to read out on their front. They can certainly speak for themselves. So no diplomats Beijing, which I kind of figured that's what they were going to do. I said that they were probably still going to send athletes. Apparently, they're still going to be competing under the United States banner. I thought maybe they would do the thing where they're competing like some other fucking name or whatever, but it's still the U.S. athletes. China is warned of firm countermeasures. The U.S. stages a diplomatic boycott of Beijing Olympics. They issued this. No video for minutes now. No video on my end? I got... Oh, you had to refresh? Had me freaking out there. I'm like, oh God, I'm not sending out video. I think I'm sending out video. That damn Bezos! 
China is threatening to take firm countermeasures against the United States if the Biden administration decides to go ahead with a possible diplomatic boycott of the Beijing Winter Olympic Games in February. Foreign Minister Spokesperson Zhao Linjin said such a move would be an outright political provocation, but gave no details on how China would retaliate. Those calling for a boycott should stop so as not to affect the dialogue and cooperation between China and the United States in important areas. According to Zhao, the Biden administration is expected to announce a diplomatic boycott, which we just heard from Jen Psaki. The decision would mean no U.S. government officials would attend next year's games, though U.S. athletes could still compete. Without being invited, American politicians keep hyping the so-called diplomatic boycott of the Beijing Winter Olympic, which is purely wishful thinking and grandstanding, Zhao told reporters at a daily briefing, according to the AP. The potential U.S. boycott of the Beijing Winter Olympics comes as ties between the two countries have been strained by China's actions on Taiwan, human rights, Hong Kong, and the South China Sea and trade. Beijing has denounced U.S. criticism calling it an interference in international affairs. Well, there you go. While back in this country, the DOJ has filed a lawsuit against the state of Texas over their new political maps. Thank you very much. U.S. Department of Justice is throwing its weight into the legal fight over Texas's newly drawn maps for Congress and the State House, filing a lawsuit Monday that claims Texas lawmakers, and there better be more lawsuits coming against more states. What they have done in several of these states is egregious. Filing a lawsuit on Monday that claims Texas lawmakers discriminated against voters of color by denying Latino and black voters equal opportunities to participate in the voting process and elect their preferred candidates. Biden administration filed its lawsuit in federal court in Texas, joining what's expected to be a protracted fight over the political boundaries the state will use for elections to come. It joins a collection of individual voters and organizations representing voters of color that have already sued the state over maps that help solidify the GOP's dominance while weakening the influence of voters of color. Maps face at least five legal challenges based on claims that the districts drawn by the Texas legislature are unconstitutional and violate the Federal Voting Rights Act because they diminish the voting strength of voters of color. And don't get me started on Ken Paxton again, Tones. Oh my God, indicted five fucking years ago. Still has not faced trial. Justice Department's suit also asked the federal court to block the state from conducting the upcoming March primaries under the challenged maps. At a press conference Monday, U.S. Associate Attorney General Vanita Gupta said the maps passed into law by the Republicans, by the Republican-controlled legislature, showed an overall disregard for the massive minority population growth the state experienced over the last decade. Our investigation determined that Texas's redistricting plans will dilute the increased minority voting strength that should have developed from these significant demographic shifts. 
Texas lawmakers this year took on the work of redistricting to incorporate a decade of population growth into the state's maps and equalize the population of districts. But their work, signed into law by Republican Governor Greg Abbott, was largely not reflective of the state's growth, 95% of which was attributable to people of color. Republicans opted to give white voters effective control of the two new congressional districts the state gained because of its explosive population growth, even though the state's white population has remained relatively stagnant. The state's new congressional map also reduces the number of districts with a Hispanic voting majority from 8 to 7, while the number of districts with black residents as the majority of eligible voters drops from 1 to 0. Half of the 4 million residents the, states, the, the, the state gained in the last 10 years were Hispanic. Complaint the DOJ takes specific aim at the redrawing of the 23rd Congressional District in West Texas, a long fought over district which, are, which it argues was reconfigured by switching out voters and splitting precincts so the final product would eliminate a Latino electoral opportunity. DOJ also points to the configuration of districts in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, where it argues the map effectively turns back a decade of rapid Latino population growth and preserves Anglo control of most remaining districts. Republicans redrew congressional districts in the area with almost surgical precision, training urban and suburban voters of color in vast rural districts. Called packing and cracking. This is an example of cracking. Taking what would be a large swath of voters, cracking them in half, splitting them into rural districts which are predominantly white. Packing is sticking them all in one district to where they don't dilute the vote in other districts. Remember David Perdue in Georgia? That asshole that lost to, uh, I I believe it was uh, um, Ossoff. He didn't show up for the debate with Ossoff. In the Senate race in Georgia earlier this year, Perdue has announced his bid for Georgia governor setting up a primary against the current governor, Brian Kemp. Both are Trump supporters. But apparently, Kemp is not Trumpy enough because he didn't help Trump steal the 2020 election. Therefore, Purdue will be the Trump candidate in the primary, and I'm here to see it. I'm David Purdue. I'm running for governor to make sure Stacey Abrams is never governor of Georgia. Make no mistake, Abrams will smile, lie, and cheat to transform Georgia into her radical vision of a state that would look more like California or New York. To fight back, we simply have to be united. Unfortunately, today... What, but bump up your, your fucking education stats and actually make some fucking money? New York and California. <laughs> Trump kid 2020. 
Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Trump kid. Especially now that what we know about the Omicron variant, that it is very good at reinfecting people. I hope Trump sticks to his word and doesn't get a booster shot. And we are still on. Trump dies of COVID watch. What do you think about that, Trump kid? Oh shit, we're gonna hear we're gonna hear about a Trump kid a little bit later on in the show. He went and shot up a school. Don't be like that. Don't be like that Trump kid. Hey, we're divided and Brian Kemp and Brad Raffensberger are to blame. Look, I like Brian. This isn't personal. It's simple. He has failed all of us. Yes, Trump created the vaccine. That motherfucker went in, put a lab coat on, fucking create like that motherfucker knows how to create a fucking Trump created the vaccine. Get the fuck out. Yeah, Trump promotes the vaccine. That's why he took it in secret. I swear to God, right-wingers are morons. Yes, you have Trump derangement syndrome. You have Trump's dick in your mouth. Cope some more, Trump kid. Purdue has been weighing a bid for office ever since he lost a runoff election to Senator John Ossoff in January. He ruled out another Senate bid earlier this year, but had grown more serious in recent months about challenging Kemp, a one-time ally of former President Trump, who irked the former president last year after he refused to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election in Georgia. I don't know how we still have people coming in here, some dumb fuck saying, I have Trump derangement syndrome, when you're still supporting a dude that tried to end democracy. Seriously, what the fuck is wrong with you people? I wish right-wingers could feel embarrassment. There is no fucking embarrassment with them. And he he fucking lost because of his handling of COVID. But there's all these dumb fuck Trump sycophants everywhere. One of them is named Devin Nunes, who apparently will now be stepping down from Congress. Lawmaker is a prolific fundraiser whose war chest contained nearly $12 million at the end of September. Representative Devin Nunes, a close ally of former President Donald Trump, and the former chair of the House Intelligence Committee, will resign from Congress later this month to run Trump's new social media company. Nunes, a 10-term Republican first elected in 2002, ascended to chair of the committee in 2015 but he recused himself temporarily from an inquiry into Russia's involvement in the 2016 presidential election while the Ethics Committee examined his handling of the committee's investigation. While the independent commission charged with redrawing California's congressional map is still completing its work, an early draft tilted Nunes's Central Valley District towards Democrats, potentially complicating his path to re-election. Trump Media and Technology Group said in a statement on Monday that Nunes would become CEO of the company in January. 
By the way, this is the company where apparently they stole some open source software. Oh my god, doo-doo Ed McGee. They stole some they stole some open source software to use for the platform. Trump social Trump social media company isn't going to be anything. It's a scam, just like everything else Trump's ever done. While Trump's fledgling media company makes a logical landing spot for Nunes, giving his closeness with the former president and their shared animosity towards the mainstream media, Trump's media entity is also facing legal headwinds. The Security and Exchange Commission and the Financial Industry Regula- uh, Regulatory Authority are scrutinizing a special purpose acquisition company working with Trump Media and Technology Group. Choosing not to remain in Congress, Nunez is achieving his own terms, on his own terms, what California Democrats could not in multiple well-funded attempts to unseat him. A Republican representing California's agriculture-dominated Central Valley, Nunez has become a primary campaign target for Democrats given Nunez's loyalty to Trump. Democrats seeking to unseat Nunez have raised millions of dollars in past cycles, much of it from out of state, underscoring the broader fervor for toppling Nunez. But the lawmaker handedly turned back those attempts. Staying in power is a testament to both the strong Republican lean of his district and to Nunez's enduring popularity among conservative voters. He is a prolific fundraiser, whose war chest contained nearly $12 million as of the end of September. This is according to Politico. Speaking of Trump supporters in the House, Marjorie Taylor Greene saw the video. Yes, we know who you are, ma'am. Marjorie Taylor Greene saw the video of Ilan Omar from last week where she played the death threat she received. And Congress Karen here could not be outdone. So here and now, like, I'm sure she gets death threats. I have something like nine people watching right now. I get death threats daily, so I'm sure a sitting member of Congress that is as high profile as Congresswoman Green receives death threats. That's that's not surprising to me. But I also, I wouldn't put it past her that some of these have been faked. Oh, are you poop boy? I got the receipts for Poop Boy. I called his girlfriend at work one day. Don't troll the troll. This is Representative Green. Apparently is going to play heinous death threats on her life. I'm Marjorie Taylor Green, and I would like to talk to you about death threats to members of Congress. It is not okay. It is completely wrong for any member of Congress to receive death threats. I have been the most attacked freshman member of Congress probably in United States history. Doubt. The media has defamed me. They have completely smeared my character, called me names, and labeled me horrible things. Nobody has defamed you, ma'am. You have defamed yourself, if anything. None of which 
I am. None of the things are true they have said about me. But this is what they produce. You see, when the media... You weren't a swinger? You didn't talk about Jewish space lasers? This is the result. So I'm just going to play a handful, just a few of the death threats that I receive on a very frequent basis. My name is Bill Rogers. My number is 715-442-5210. And please give your cunt of a boss. Okay, the dude said his name and number and she just played. Is he your constituent? He's your fucking constituent? And he called and left his name and number and you just played it for everybody? Seriously? I'm not the only one that just heard that, right? Like, that was, that was, that's wild. Well, let's... Let's see what Bill Rogers has to say to her. I mean, he's calling. He says he wants her to have a fair trial. Now, his his grievance... Apparently, he is a constituent because he left his name and phone number, which I believe was a Georgia fucking exchange or something. And then he said she should have a fair trial and be executed for being a traitor, which is the penalty for being a traitor. And it is a case could be made that you are a traitor, Representative Green. Just to be clear, it is completely constitutional for members of Congress to object to electoral college votes. That's all I did on January 6th, along with my Republican colleagues. The same way Democrats have objected to electoral college votes for Republicans elected for president. Yeah, back back in 2000 when, like, legitimately Al Gore won. Hey, Marjorie, you're the one that should be shot. You should be shot. Yeah, that is also not all she did on January 5th. Because you are the sickest human being on the face of the earth. Promoting that thing. You should be taken out in shops. You should be taken out in shops. 
Oh, vaccines. Oh, okay. That makes way more sense. If you're going to call your congressperson, please be more original. And sadly, my kids are going to hear what you said later. I, I am very much in favor of calling and harassing your congressperson. Do it frequently. Daily. Daily. Do it daily if you want to. It is your right as an American citizen. Yes, she's doing it because of Ilan Omar. And the and the first one that's my fa- that's my favorite thing. She started off with one who said she needed to have a fair trial and that she was legitimately guilty of treason and needed to suffer the penalty for it. That's that was the very first fucking. <laughs> the dude stressed. You need to have a fair trial. can't really hear what what he's saying i think i heard booty hole of course she missed the point right wingers are absolute morons let's move let's move up a couple states to kentucky For the week of a horrific school shooting, Representative Thomas Massey decided to tweet out this picture of his family. First of all, I would know if you were in my laundry room. They look like psychos. Look at this shit. Look at this shit. They look like fucking psychos. This family looks like a family of fucking psychos. They do not look well adjusted. This is not the all American happy smile. Look at these motherfuckers. What is wrong with these people? This is a sitting congressman. Guns on Christmas cards, that's what has one of Kentucky's U.S. representatives under scrutiny. WDRB's Monica Harkins reports the viral photo has sparked conversation on both sides of the topic. Monica? Republican Representative Thomas Massey posted this photo of his family Saturday, garnering thousands of comments and national attention. One Christmas tree and seven family members each holding a gun. I was mortified. 
I was simply mortified. Kentucky's U.S. Representative Thomas Massey tweeted I mean, families. The thing, like, if if that if that family was black, like that picture would be used to call them like thugs and look at how uncivilized they are. It's just it's wild. Christmas card photo asking Santa for more ammo. I mean, a sitting congressman representing Kentucky in a photo like that. Massey's district in Kentucky reaches from eastern Louisville, north to Covington, and east to Greenup. Some constituents, like Kenton County Democrats, say the photo is irresponsible coming from a let me, let me Let's go back to that map here for a second. In a photo like Because we were talking about district. packing. He's... he's Cut off a part of Louisville to disenfranchise probably a segment of black voters in Louisville. And then represents all the way over. This is, that's like a fucking hour and a half, two hour fucking drive. To go from this part to, to over to this part. It'd be a gang photo, exactly. Kentucky reaches from eastern Louisville, north to Covington, and east to Greenup. Some constituents, like Kenton County Democrats, say the photo was irresponsible coming from a congressman. But following in the same week as a school shooting in Michigan, it takes it even further. Seriously, incredibly distasteful. Reprehensible, especially on the heels of um, all that is happening in Michigan. Meanwhile, Kentucky Republican U.S. Senator Rand Paul says Massey's family likes to hunt and it's harsh to compare the timing of the Michigan shooting to Massey's Christmas card. He's got me there. I do need to take out the trash. I don't think it had anything relationship with it, and I think people sort of conflated the two. Kentucky's Democratic U.S. Representative John Yarmuth responded to the photo on Twitter, calling Massey an insensitive a-hole. University of Kentucky's professor of political science, Stephen Boss, says the photo is in line with Massey's history. I don't think Representative Massey will really have surprised the constituents who both like him and dislike him by him causing a stir this very true he seemingly responds to the viral photo with a twitter poll monday morning that said which of these do liberals hate most with options guns christmas family or freedom you know like okay right wingers talk about virtue signaling you know what's virtue signaling having a fucking christmas card where your entire family is armed to the fucking teeth that's virtue signaling wrapping yourself in the american flag Saying you're a constitutionalist when you've never read the goddamn thing, that's a virtue signaling. At this point, Representative Massey hasn't responded to WDRB's request for comment. I'm Monica Harkins, WDRB News. <sighs> like I said to the dude that called in last week, I would respect you fucks a lot more if you just came out and out and said, you got a gun fetish. You want to get off with guns. So over the weekend in Hawaii, you might have seen the stories. They had a snow warning. It's not unusual at the very highest peaks. I think it might be a little early for the snow. We actually, we have... a time-lapse video of an observatory and the snow piling up in Hawaii. 
CWRC is at it again for Dylan Samara. Speaking of Hawaii, you're watching the first blizzard warning there in years. Wow. Yeah, that's right. When you think of Hawaii, you think of warm, sandy beaches. But take a look at this. A time-lapse video showing snow piling up around a telescope on the summit of Mauna Kea in Hawaii's Big Island. It's nearly 14,000 feet above sea level. And that's impressive. You know why? Because some areas here on the mainland haven't even seen snow yet. Check this out. Still no snow in Denver. It has been 227 days since the last measurable snowfall on April 21st. The record is 235. Huh. It's going to come close, but our next chance for snow out in Denver is on Tuesday. You know who is going to see snow? Parts of the northern tier of the country. So here's a look at Futurecast on right now. We're tracking this quick moving system through our Saturday, impacting areas like Montana into North Dakota. Uh, wow, I love how their weather person just glosses over the fact that, like, oh, you know, there's snow in Hawaii, but this is also, like, coming as Hawaii's at risk of catastrophic flooding from the storms they are seeing right now. So this is an NBC News and islands forecasters are warning that some parts of the state could actually face anywhere between 10 to 15 inches of rain meanwhile there's also a blizzard warning in effect for hawaii's big island mountain summits and a state of emergency has been declared in response so climate change baby i was told by my friend over on the east coast it's kind of cold his way been mild here. What doesn't look like it's going to be mild is the Omicron cases. The curve of COVID cases driven by new variant much steeper than previous waves. A professor in South Africa is warning. South Africa is preparing its hospitals for more admissions as the Omicron variant pushes the country into its fourth COVID-19 wave with the strain now accounting for the majority of new infections. Speaking to Sky News, Professor William Hanicom said the wave that we are in at the moment is much steeper than the curve was for previous waves. He said reinfections seem to be more common during this wave so far, which he said suggests that the virus may resist some aspects of the immunity that we have to protect ourselves. Professor Honecum explained that the profile of Omicron patients seems to be slightly different in that younger people are becoming sick, especially those who have not been vaccinated. But he said those who have been vaccinated have been having a milder disease than one would anticipate. So that is probably good news and a reason to go and get vaccinated because it appears that the vaccine will still protect against severe illness and death. South Africa is preparing its hospitals for more admissions as the Omicron variant pushes the country into its fourth wave of COVID-19 cases. Daily infections surged last week to more than 16,000 on Friday, up from around 2,300 on Monday. Omicron appeared to account for the majority of new cases in most of the country's nine provinces. New York has issued New York City, not New York State. New York City has issued a new mandate for all private employers 
Most local vaccine mandates in the U.S. have been limited to public sector workers and certain other groups like healthcare workers or teachers. New York City sets a sweeping vaccine mandate for all private employers. Some business owners in Manhattan react to NYC's vaccine mandate with shrugs. A former aide says Trump's blood oxygen level was dangerously low when he was fighting the coronavirus. We, we already knew that. I'm sorry, that was like the headlines at the top of the article. Coronavirus vaccine mandate for private employers in New York City announced Monday by Mayor uh, Bill de Blasio pushed the city's workplace vaccine, uh, vaccina- vaccination requirements well beyond those in most of the country where local mandates are generally limited to the public sector and health care. A significantly more sweeping policy than we've seen other cities put in place. At least 22 states now require coronavirus vaccination for some categories of workers, like those employed by the state or in healthcare settings or schools. This is according to the National Conference of State Legislatures. Dozens of countries and, uh, I'm sorry, dozens of counties and cities, including New York City, have also imposed vaccine requirements on those kinds of workers. Workers at restaurants, nightclubs, and sports. Sports and entertainment venues have been required to get vaccinated in cities that require patrons to present proof of vaccination, like New York City and San Francisco. But otherwise, these mandates have largely left private sector employers untouched. Under New York City's new mandate for private employers, employees who work in person at private companies must have one dose of the vaccine by December the 27th. Remote workers will not be required to get the vaccine. There is no testing option as an alternative. Oh, yeah. I mean, this this way, like, coronavirus will be endemic. Is just, is it going to be drawn out through next year or not? Or is it going to be endemic by summer? Or are we still going to be seeing waves in the next fall and it's going to be endemic by 2023? The Omicron variant could be good for us because if it really does cause milder disease and we all spread it around and we get immunity to it because like we're going to have to deal with it. I hate that fact. I hate that we just shrugged and said like, ah, it's with us forever now. Just because we refuse to do the bare minimum of contact tracing and quarantining. But also, we're not the only country that fucked it up. So the blame doesn't lie solely on us. I feel like we could have... We could have already been out of the pandemic, possibly, if we had vaccinated the entire world this year. If we had released the IP and over the summer, other countries, South Africa, India, started producing their own vaccines. It is. You're right. It's, it's worrying about what comes next. And apparently, like, immunocompromised people, the people that can't get vaccinated... Getting a variant like Omicron, letting it fester inside of them where they don't have the antibodies to fight it off is one of the ways that a virus becomes stronger. There's more incentive to try to reach herd immunity through vaccination. But hey, people are fucking, right-wingers are fucking stupid. 
Holy shit, let's get into it, shall we? A Yale epidemiologist is saying that COVID is being overblown. Headline caught my attention today, so I like, let's look into it, shall we? So this is some right-wing dumb fuck. What was his name here? This is on OutKick. I've never heard of OutKick. This is Clay Travis, apparently. But did you know that 72% of Americans believe China lied about the origin or of the coronavirus? This Don't care. Fucking 72% uh, of Americans are stupid. China probably... I mean, China did lie. 42% of those people believing it's very likely uh, that... But, but the Im- his implication is that they engineered it as some kind of bioweapon, probably, which isn't true. None of none of the data indicates that. As as of right now, it still seems that the best case, or the I mean the the most likely scenario is that it came from the wet market in Hunan Chinese lab. And as if that were not enough, it was consistent whether you were a Democrat or a Republican. Uh, Republicans, eighty six percent believed that COVID leaked from a Wuhan lab, while sixty one percent of Democrats and 67% of independents agreed with him. So, monster majorities, because if you get over 60% in this country of both political parties agreeing with anything, monster percentages of the... Well, also, that's an ad populum argument that has nothing to do with the actual evidence about what happened. 86% of Republicans, 61% of Democrats... That's a failure of our media. ...of independents agree. This is interesting... No, it's because it's you it's not allowed to say on social media, on Facebook, or on Twitter, among others, that you believed COVID had leaked from a lab because it was considered to be a conspiracy theory. It is a conspiracy theory. It ends up the evidence does likely supporting the hypothesis. No, that COVID leaked from a lab, contrary to everything that Dr. Fauci has said. Oh, this didn't even go into the, like the thing I wanted to talk about, motherfucker. Oh, here we go. This is this is the Yale epidemiologist. It doesn't take a Yale professor to realize that the fear induced by the COVID-19 pandemic is being driven by something other than the virus itself, but that's exactly what Yale epidemiologist Dr. Harvey Risch said during an appearance on Epoch TV's American Thought Leaders late last week. I'm looking at clinicians who have now treated more than 150,000 patients with hydroxychloroquine. They've been using it in their practices for a year, a year and a half. So where is this disconnect? Today I sit down with Dr. Harvey Risch, a professor of epidemiology at the Yale School of Public Health and Yale School of Medicine. He says therapeutics like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin can be highly effective against COVID, when they are deployed early on and in combination with different medications. These drugs have been suppressed for reasons that have nothing to do with the science and the medicine. And we take a look at booster shots, natural immunity, and what Rich views as the politicization of science and medicine. Natural immunity is how we're going to get out of this endemic disease. By the way, it appears that 30% of people who catch COVID do not produce antibodies so natural immunity is not ever going to get out of this uh, endemic disease. 
Chris shares the opinion of many who feel that the pandemic is not all that different from a variety of pre-coronaviruses, much like numerous other viruses. COVID-19 mainly threatens the elderly and people with pre-existing medical conditions. Oh, that bullshit again. That's why we had like almost a million people extra die over the last year and a half. What does the... Okay, so the right wing is so quick to promote this one guy that agrees with them. But what does the rest of the faculty at Yale have to say about Dr. Rich? They've issued multiple, multiple statements about this guy. This is one of them. This is a statement from Yale faculty on hydroxychloroquine and its use in COVID-19. We are seriously alarmed for the safety of patients and coherence. By the way, he is... Uh, a respected cancer epidemiologist. He is not an expert in infectious disease epidemiology. A fact that the right-wing side's left out. And this letter about how uh, misinformed this dude is is signed by the entire faculty of the School of the Department of Medicine Public Health at Yale. The right-wingers, do you believe the the one doctor who confirms your biases, or do you believe all the other doctors who say he's a fucking quack and doesn't exactly know what he's talking about? Do you listen to the respected doctors? Who who would you rather trust, Dr. Anthony Fauci or Senator Ron Johnson? Ron Johnson, who is a fucking idiot. This is Fauci responding to, apparently, Johnson attacked him. Ron Johnson said that Fauci overhyped the AIDS epidemic and the COVID-19 pandemic are preposterous. What in the... Ron Johnson's comments that the infectious disease expert overhyped the AIDS epidemic and the COVID-19 pandemic are preposterous, adding, I don't have any... Oh, this was talking about Johnson's comments. I'm, I'm sorry. Johnson isn't smart enough to use the word preposterous in a sentence. I was looking for my gray bandana and I can't find it. It might be behind my dryer or some shit. So I had to had to go with the the skulls match the Guns N' Roses shirt which has a skull on it. This is Fauci responding to Ron Johnson. How do you respond to something as preposterous as that? Overhyping AIDS? It's killed over if anything, the government didn't... Re- not if anything, the, the government most certainly did drag its feet and not respond to the AIDS crisis the way it should have. Fuck off, Ron Johnson, you piece of shit. 750,000 Americans and 36 million people worldwide. How do you overhype that? Overhyping COVID? It's already killed 780,000 Americans and undercount million people worldwide. So I don't have any clue of what he's talking about. 
Well, is my gray bandana behind my dryer? Please tell me if you're back there right now. It just kicked off. It was still on while I was while I was coming on stream. All right, everybody, hop on aboard the COVID cruise. Oh, God. Cruise ship leaves New Orleans after COVID cases for previous trip rises to 17. The customers will have new restrictions on their cruise that left on Sunday night. What the fuck? Norwegian cruise ship is headed back into the Gulf of Mexico. This is a live tracking of where the ship is. That ship called the Breakaway arrived in New Orleans yesterday with more than a dozen people who had COVID on board. The state health department says a total of 17 COVID cases were found on board, including... I'm just telling you, like, you probably shouldn't ever go on a cruise because they're always fucking nasty. But you especially shouldn't go on a cruise during a worldwide pandemic. What is wrong with people? Why would you why would you go on a cruise ship? Are you an idiot? My apologies if I've got any friends that have gone on a cruise recently. But are you an idiot? Losing one case of the Omicron variant. Duke Carter is following this story for us this morning and he joins us from the riverfront with more. Hey Duke, so that ship came in, the passengers got off, they had no idea any of that was... Oh, I'm okay with boating, like if it's like, you know... Quarantine somewhere on the ship, new people... A boat, you go out on a boat and party, that's fun. You don't go out on a boat on some commercial adventure. The ship did step sail uh, last night, uh, Leslie, and so hours after it was initially supposed to. Trying to cram as many people onto a fucking shit ship as they can. Now, the person that is believed to have the Omicron variant is a crew member who is not a Louisiana resident and did not leave the ship. Those are the facts that we do know right now. Again, the person who does have the Omicron variant is a crew member. Not a They do have the Omicron variant. So a spokesperson for the cruise line tells us that everyone who tested positive was asymptomatic. They do require all their guests and crew members to be vaccinated and implemented their quarantine and contact tracing procedures as soon as they learn of the positive test results. There were 3,200 people on board the ship and they had just traveled to Belize. My worry is that, like, you know, we're all vaccinated. We're all going to trade the the variant back and forth and it's going to mutate to fucking overcome the vaccines. But I'm not an epidemiologist. I don't know how this shit works. No, we didn't know anything about uh, an outbreak on the ship. We heard when we got to port and had cell phone service and saw the news. Wow, they didn't even tell them. Now, as for those on board the new uh, cruise, uh, there will be some changes because of, well, what happened and, of course, the late start. They will not stop in Costa Maya as first planned. All guests will need to wear a mask when indoors except for eating and drinking. They'll also have to be tested twice. Oh, they're going to give them $200. We'll get 200 onboard credit and 10% off a future cruise off for future booking. Again, as we know right now, the person with the Omicron variant is a crew member. Who Late stage capitalism is wild. It is wild, guys. We'll keep you updated. For now, though, reporting Duke Carter, Eyewitness News. I'm glad you let me and Duke narrate it for you. Thank you, Duke Carter. 
And here's something that is going to come as a surprise to absolutely no one. The pro-Trump counties now have far higher COVID death rates. Since May of 2021, people living in counties that voted heavily for Donald Trump during the last presidential election have been nearly three times three times as likely to die from COVID-19 as those who live in areas that went for now President Biden. That's according to a new analysis by NPR that examines how political polarization and misinformation are driving a significant share of the deaths in the pandemic. NPR looked at deaths per 100,000 people in roughly 3,000 counties across the U.S. from May 2021, the point at which vaccinations widely became available. People living in counties that went 60% or higher for Trump in November 2020 had 2.7 times the death rates of those that went for Biden. The trend was robust even when controlling for age, which is the primary demographic risk of COVID-19 mortality. The data also reveal a major contributing factor to the death rate difference. The higher the vote share for Trump, the lower the vaccination rate. The analysis only looked at the geographic location of COVID-19 deaths. The exact political views of each person taken by the disease remains unknowable, but the strength of the association, combined with polling information about vaccination, strongly suggests that Republicans are being disproportionately affected. We're we're not hearing story after story about pro-vaccination radio hosts dying. But we are continually hearing about anti-vaccination radio and television hosts dying of their stupidity. Not only are Trump areas more likely to die, Trump himself was a super spreader when he had the COVID. Trump came in contact with 500 people between first positive test and his hospitalization. And Mark Meadows out here talking about he took a second test and tested negative. But the second test was an antibody test. That's what they're going on when they're saying a second negative test. A second test was negative. But it takes a few days for your body to produce the antibodies. The antibody test being negative most certainly does not mean that Trump was negative for COVID when he took that test. What lying sacks of shit they are. Former President Trump came in contact with more than 500 people between the day he initially tested positive for COVID-19 and his eventual hospitalization, according to a report by the Washington Post. He came in contact with people either in close proximity to him or at events, according to the report. The number, however, doesn't include uh, people present at his rallies. He held like two rallies during that time. In the time following the initial test, Trump did not take extra precautions such as mask wearing or social distancing as preventative measures for those he came in contact with after the positive test on September 26th. The newspaper reviewed Trump's schedule events in the week 
after he tested positive to attempt to account for the number of people who may have came in contact with. Among the events Trump attended after his initial COVID-19 positive test was a Rose Garden ceremony packed with people to announce his nomination of Amy Comey Barrett to the Supreme Court, an event in the West Wing for Gold Star families who have lost loved ones to military combat. The Post noted that many people who came in contact with Trump, including members of his staff and the press, would later test positive for the virus. Those include Governor Chris Christie and Counselor to the President Kellyanne Conway. Trump ripped the report in a, new, in a statement sent to the media on Monday morning arguing that the fake news continues to push the false narrative that I had COVID prior to the first debate. He did. He did. My chief of staff, Mark Meadows, confirmed I did not have COVID before or during the debate. He did. Remember, it takes like fucking seven days for it to fully manifest. That's exactly how long it was before he went to the hospital. Stupid fuck. And I hope he sticks to his guns and he didn't take a booster. He said he wasn't going to take a booster. That Omicron variant has the ability to reinfect people and somebody is knocking on my door. They don't want to be in the peephole. I'm not going to look at the door. May I help you? Maybe it wasn't even my door they were knocking on. Maybe they were knocking across the the hall or some shit. Or maybe it was Raymond coming to fuck with me because he's on my dryer or something. The Trump went on to attack President Biden and said Biden goes around coughing on people all over the place, and yet the corrupt news doesn't even cover it. They continue to shield Biden, who has been a disaster not just on COVID, where we have more deaths this year than last, but on the border, the economy, inflation, Afghanistan, gas prices, and everything else. That was Trump's statement. Your friend in. Did you come and knock on my door, Raymond? Because that's not funny to come and cop knock on somebody's door. Throw me off during my stream.
Belgian police use water and tear gas on COVID-19 protesters. Belgian police used uh, used a water cannon and tear gas Sunday to disperse some rowdy protesters in Brussels after most demonstrators marched peacefully to protest tightened COVID-19 restrictions that aim to counter a surge of coronavirus infections. Thousands came to reject the new measures announced on Friday, the third week in a row that the government has tightened its rules as an avalanche of new uh, cases strains the country's health services, depriving people with other life-threatening diseases of treatment. Shouting, freedom, freedom, and carrying banners that said, united for our freedom, rights, and our children, protesters marched to the European Union headquarters. Some also carried signs critical of vaccines and against making vaccine shots mandatory. Main crowd in Sunday's mostly peaceful march had already dispersed when about 100 protesters ran into a riot police barricade, cordoning off access to the European Commission. After a brief standoff with police, protesters hurled trash and other objects, including a bicycle, at police and set off firecrackers and flares. Police used water cannon and fired tear gas to disperse the crowd. There were no, there were no immediate reports of injuries. And here in the U.S., uh, they would have just fired right into the crowd. A couple described their hotel quarantine after returning from a honeymoon in South Africa. have a video of it? Apparently not. couple who have been forced to use the government's hotel quarantine scheme after spending their honeymoon in South Africa have described their experience as awful. I'm going to assume this is a bougie entitled couple. I'm sorry you had to quarantine after you went to South Africa for your stupid ass wedding during a pandemic. Kate and Alex Freed, 29 and 30 years old, respectively from London, rescheduled their wedding four times as a result of coronavirus restrictions. After getting married in September, they booked their honeymoon to South Africa. They spoke exclusively to the PA news agency on the third day of their 10-day quarantine period. So here's a picture of the happy couple. We'd been planning the South Africa trip for ages. We didn't book it until the green list changed and the foreign travel advice was that it was safe to go to. To be charged for coming back to your country when the government's told you it's safe to go, I think it's just wrong. Well, they have measures in place to ensure that it's safe to go, ma'am. The couple flew back from South Africa on December 2nd after having their original flight home canceled due to the travel ban. They said it took almost six hours to get from the plane at Heathrow to their hotel, the Holiday Inn Express at Heathrow Terminal 4, including waiting in a bus from the terminal to the hotel. Wow. They put us onto a bus for the 30-second journey, but we were on the bus for three hours, Alex explained. We were on a bus full of people with no ventilation. 
It was the most unorganized mess ever. People were crying. It just seemed like something from a film. It was a bit mad, he added. After arriving at the hotel itself, the pair said they had food and other supplies delivered by their family because the hotel food is inedible. And they're posing like how bad their food is. Somebody wrote an article about this. Cry me a fucking river, really. You're paying serious money and it's not sustainable, substantial meals. Half the time it's cold, half the time it's just an edible. Day to day, guests can request to go outside for a walk. A security guard accompanies them downstairs. They're allowed at 20 minutes of the hotel car park before being told they have to go back inside. Travelers returning from red list countries originally faced a cost of, uh, what is that, 1,750 pounds? To quarantine in a hotel when the scheme was first announced in February, the price has now risen to 220, uh, 2,285. I assume that's pounds. Whatever the little uh, Laverne fucking thing is there. Warlord, you in here? What is that? I'd rather pay for security outside my flat. They can watch me not leave, Kate said. Don't disagree with quarantine if that's what the government wants to do. It's just the cost that comes with it. Yes, pounds. I got it right. Speaking of entitled bitching, let's talk about Joe Rogan. Chris Cuomo out as a host at CNN. Following revelations that he uh, tried to dig up dirt on his brother's accusers. Joe Rogan, who got his fifis hurt by Twitter and attributed it to CNN. Because everybody was making fun of him, calling, uh, calling the medicine he was taking horse paste. CNN rightfully reported that it is most commonly used as a... Uh, Farm animal parasi- uh, anti-parasitic. Joe Rogan still has his panties in a wad about it, and apparently he went off were, on a little, a little rant cheesy. here. That's a real weight, right, Joe? Ha! <laughs> I think so. Yeah, everybody <laughs> made fun of me because of the Chris Cuomo thing, man. Yeah. I thought it was real. I just, yeah. I'm being naive, I guess. But so, eventually I looked at it and I go, yeah, that is kind of weird how you can move it around like that. Yeah, just like a fucking paperweight. So got, that guy's fire now? I got rid of that dude. Yeah. Wow. In a weird, for a weird, weird reason. I mean, not weird. Like ethically, I get it because he helped his brother. Yeah. When his brother, I get. I don't know how he helped his brother. Like, what did he do? He was digging up dirt on the accusers. They were people were accusing him of sexual harassment, and so did he like do research on the people that? Is that what he did? Yes, Joe. He texted someone who like knew of the situation. Like, what? Or at you least know? offered to. Oh, that's it. I I don't know if that's it. I just should use signal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or call the guy. I mean, I oh, don't know. Yeah. It's uh he probably didn't think anything of it. He probably did it on instinct. But yeah, he's done. What does a guy like that do when you get fired from something I like know. that? I know. I thought that guy was like immune to everything. Well, I think CNN is realizing that their ratings are dog shit. Yeah. And that having these highly polarizing editorial personalities like 
Stelter and Don Lemon and you know Michael Malice is fucking hilarious. You know what he did? He put Michael up, Malice is a fucking idiot. Gone. Who's the alpha male over at CNN? He put up a poll and everybody said Anderson Cooper. <laughs> 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 I think Anderson Cooper came in first. Yeah. But it's like these guys. They, it's I, well, Weasley I, motherfucker I, thinks he's an alpha male. I want the news. I want objective news. I want someone to tell me what are the facts of what's going on and what's happening. I don't want your ideological slant. Yeah. I don't want this left-wing propaganda network, which is what CNN's become. The way that doesn't sell. You can't sell advertising on that. You have to have personalities to sell advertising. You have to be polarizing. Also, you're talking about, like, it's commentary. After like 6 or 7 o'clock on all of the cable news networks, it's not news programming anymore. It's commentary. The way I look at CNN now is so differently than the way I looked at CNN 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. I used to look at them as like, this is how I get the news. This is unbiased, professional news. Well, you were wrong then, sir. They weren't unbiased then. They are always biased towards the corporatist agenda. They're going to tell me what's happening in Pakistan and what's happening in, you know, Mogadishu. This, these are this very good point. G. Want fire one of their highest rated hosts. You're exactly right. But like the ratings are dog shit for all the fucking cable news outlets. Even Fox News is lucky if they pull in like 2.2, 2.3 million viewers for Tucker. For talking, that's that's the highest rated cable news. Two point fucking two. There's more people that listen to this episode of Joe Rogan than probably than watched all of the cable news outlets combined one like any given night. Seriously, it's irrelevant. They only drive like Beltway politics. They're only for the insiders. That are telling you the news. Now I look at them, I go, you fucking propagandists. Like, what yeah. are you, are you, the right arm of Pfizer? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know? It's just, uh, I think there's a market for real news. And it's really hard to find that now. It's really hard, especially outside of independent sources. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess if you're trying to even take Thank a Thank you, Jenkins. Things like are you even going to be are going to be censored? To the is that is that a mnemonic? Is that what that's called to begin with? Right. I like learning shit. Speaking of CNN and Don Lemon. Don Lemon accuser says CNN is predator protecting machine. Happy to see some accountability with Cuomo. Now, Dustin Heiss gave this statement to Fox News Digital. Because when you think of Predator protecting machine. Don't you think about Fox News and Roger Ailes and Bill O'Reilly and all the fucking scandals they've had over there? 
Just saying. When you're talking about predator protecting machine. Now Dustin Heiss, we read his uh we read his accusations against Don Lemon. Apparently Lemon was at a party and hit on Dustin. This is this is Dustin right here. Apparently Lemon was at a party and hit on Dustin and stuck his hand down his pants and like pulled it out and stuck his finger in the dude's nose and like asked him how his dick smelled or some shit. <laughs> and that's 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 what he's that's what he's saying is the sexual assault that Don Lemon perpetrated on. Now is Don Lemon out of line for doing that? Possibly. Would I have snipped his finger? Yeah, sure. I wouldn't have been offended if he had done that to me. Maybe 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 he thought Dustin Heiss was into him and shit and he just misread the room. Is he an asshole for doing that? Possibly. Cool, yeah. Is he a sexual assaulter for sticking his hand down his pants, rubbing his dick, his musky ass dick and sticking his finger in some dude's nose that he thought he was like hitting on? Nah, nah. That's not gonna. That's not gonna cross the line into sexual assault with me. That's just me. And for this dude to go onto Fox News and complain about it, kind of smells fishy to me. BBC Cologne. BBC Cologne. BBC Cologne. BBC Cologne. I don't know the right way to get that joke out. It works way better in text than it does trying to articulate it. Oh. It maintains he is looking for closure and peace of mind after what he says is a horrific encounter that included Lemon allegedly putting his hand down the front of his shorts vigorously rubbing his genitalia and shoving the same hand into Heiss's mustache while asking a vulgar question. I told you, I told you, even if you take this dude at face value and say that what what he is accusing Don Lemon of doing actually happened exactly as he described it, I don't think that's sexual assault. What do you guys think? Am I wrong on that? I think it can be rude. I think it be crossing the line. I think it could be out of line. I don't know that it is like sexual assault that you could take and prosecute somebody for. And it's not it's not the kind of thing that I would go on national TV and say happened to me. I would feel honored if Don Lemon wanted me to smell his musky dick. That's just me. But, but... You live in sexual anarchy? So, I live in sexual anarchy, so I don't fucking know. Incidental fluid transit. Are we talking ball sweat, or are we talking like pre-cum? <laughs> this work <laughs> Oh, what a conversation. I don't I don't think it's sexual assault. I think it's rude, out of line, whatever, if he wasn't into the gesture. I could totally see what if he's not gay and he's not into it.
they're like at a party and drinking and shit. Like this isn't in like a workplace. They're at a party and I think Lemon is legitimately hitting on the guy. Workplace would be completely different. Okay, that's sexual assault in the workplace. I'm worthy with my musk. <laughs> we don't know that he actually put his hand on him. He says he stuck his finger up to him. So we don't like... We don't know if he actually touched him. I mean, like, I'm saying, like, if we read it as this happened exactly as he described it, I don't think it's all that bad. Is it rude? Is it uncouth? Is that a line? I wouldn't go on national television and claim I was sexually assaulted. I think that's I think that is that is taking that is making light of legitimate sexual assault. I still don't know that it was sexual assault if it was a woman. I just think it's kind of rude. I'm open to I'm open to being convinced that I'm wrong. I'm not I'm not endorsing groping at all. I think men are fucking sleazy and do weird things even like even like the guys that put their hands on like the the lower part of the back and stuff that's kind of creepy but there are guys that take liberties put on hips and and on on asses and shit but i just don't know that you know if they're if they're having a conversation and Lemon's trying to be affable. He's had a few drinks. And he's like, here, smell my dick. Uh, I don't remember what the... We read the actual account of what he said he said to him. And the dude is openly gay. It was at a bar. The case is expected to end up in court early next year after a prolonged legal process. I would never stick my hand down my pants and then tell somebody to smell my musky dick. That is not something I'd do. I would totally not do that, Curious. And you have never seen... You know me in real life! You've never seen me do anything like that. I am fantastic, Professor QAnon. Okay, this dude right here on the left, I'll 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 run it down real fast. You'll get the you get the short version. This dude on the left, Dustin Heist, is accusing Don Lemon of sexual assault. If we if we agree that everything that Heist said happened, happened then what it was was Don Lemon stuck his hand down his pants, stuck his musky finger into Heiss's, like, nose-mouth area, and then said something vulgar to him. And, like, I'm not... Is that rude? Yes. Is that uncouth? Yes. Is that sexual assault? I don't know. But I'm open to it. Like this wasn't this wasn't in a workplace. This was at a bar. The two were having drinks and talking and shit. 
This is an openly gay man. Openly gay Don Lemon. Oh, you want weird? Wait until we get into the Jussie Smollett trial here in a little bit. Uh, is Don Lemon gone? I don't think they fired Don Lemon. I think he's still... I think they're fighting this. I think Lemon is fighting, like, as he should. This isn't sexual assault. I don't think, but I'm open to having my mind changed about it. Depends on the degree of chub. What if there was no chub? I don't get a chub in public. The notion of fluids being present on the hand has been brought into question. Would I smell Don Lemon's musky dick? Yes. No, I don't want no chub. Chub is a guy. Oh, I'm sorry. Sexual harassment. Okay, I will give it sexual harassment. It's not sexual assault, it's sexual harassment. Okay, I'm great with that designation. He is accusing him of sexual assault. Sexually charged assault and battery is what he is accusing Lemon of. Sexual harassment? Okay, I can get with that. I I thought rape was like, you know, penetration and sexual assault is like, you know, you grab somebody's genitalia or something. I guess the legal definition changes from state to state, municipality and what have you. Don't don't go grabbing shit that don't belong to you. That's that's good rule of thumb. Unless you're doing it to corporations, then go grab some shit that don't belong to you. I'm down with it. I actually kind of cheer it on. Yeah, we were having this whole discussion. Harassment, that's perfect. Harassment is harassment is the perfect term for it. Yes. Ocasio-Cortez blasted for dismissing organized retail theft crime wave. We are reading from Breitbart at the moment. That's why it's going to sound really weird when I say this. Openly socialist Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has been getting blasted for attempting to downplay the smash-and-grab crime wave that has been destroying retail outlets in recent months. Speaking with the Washington Times last week, Ocasio-Cortez dismissed the allegations of organized retail theft as a hoax with not much evidence to back it up. A lot of these allegations of organized retail theft are not actually panning out, Ocasio-Cortez said. I believe it's a Walgreens in California cited it, but the data didn't back it up. Contrary to the New York Democrats' claims, the smash-and-grab crime wave has... I keep saying crime wave weird. ...has severely impacted retail outlets with up, to, with up to tens of billions of dollars in losses, according to the Associated Press. 
Oh, but we don't link to the to the AP. Okay, it says it's by the AP. I'll trust that they didn't make any edits to it. Spurred by a recent run of large-scale smash-and-grab robberies, prosecutors and retailers are pushing back on assertions by California's governor and attorney general that they have enough tools to combat retail theft in the wake of a voter-approved easing of related laws. Complaints came as authorities on Friday announced what they said was one of the largest retail theft busts in California history, a haul of $8 million worth of merchandise stolen from San Francisco Bay Area retailers including CVS, Target, and Walgreens, along with $85,000 in cash. National retail groups last month estimated the annual losses to be in tens of billions of dollars. Now, that's already baked into the cake, by the way. They, They estimate billions of losses anyway from theft every year. That's what I'm assuming AOC is referring to. There's not actually data to back it up. That This is just normal theft that would occur in these stores. You know what's really going on in these stores? It's more egregious than these mash and grab thefts. It never gets acknowledged. Never. I don't think enough people know this. Employers steal billions from workers' paychecks each year. Data shows millions of workers are paid less than the minimum wage at significant cost to taxpayers and state economies. Two point four million workers lose out on eight billion annually. To minimum wage violations. That's not the only kind of wage theft going on with these companies. That's the reason why you're seeing the wave of strikes we're seeing currently. Like over at Kellogg's where they may... I've reached an agreement we will know tomorrow. I hope you guys are not crossing the line. I know it's hard because Kellogg makes so much fucking shit. There's a nice handy chart that's been circulating on Twitter about how not to cross the picket line during the Kellogg strike. Hear from some of the workers. You know, this is a this is a historic event. You know, in not just Nebraska or the four locations around the country. Kellogg's hasn't been on strike since 1972. The vote marks a potential end to the two-month-long strike. Ballots will be flown out tomorrow to Kensington, Maryland, where they will be counted. Workers will know the outcome by late Tuesday. We'll know uh, the result Tuesday evening on whether this gets ratified or or we stay on strike. President of Omaha's BCTGM Local 50G Union, Dan Osborne, spoke with workers about the newest contract. He says the vote could go either way. Right now, from all the people that I've talked to, I think uh, it's pretty much split down the middle. Uh, You know, a lot of it depends on probably people's situation, whether they're getting ready to retire or whether you have 20 years left to work at Kellogg's. If the vote is ratified on Tuesday, the contract will go into effect immediately.
If, if it does get ratified, we will start to take down our structures on the picket lines and, and get ready to go back to work, uh, and that would be on the 13th of December. A total of 450 Omaha Kellogg's workers voted. Ultimately, the 1,400 people at Kellogg's are going to speak today, and, and we'll know on Tuesday how, they, how it comes out. Okay. Uh, people people are, are making a stand. You know, this is a movement around the country, and everybody's watching us, and everybody's going to watch to see what happens on Tuesday. Definitely watching to see what happens on Tuesday. Meanwhile, champion of the working man, Mike fucking Rowe. Every man. Was he out here advocating for the striking workers and their wages? No. What's he doing? He's giving his thoughts on the Let's Go Brandon chance. Let's Go Brandon episode? Question mark. <laughs> Oh man! I just I I want to point out to people, Mike Rowe was a paid propagandist. He was a theater kid that is paid by millionaires and billionaires to tell people not to pursue their dreams. They need to go to trade school. Fuck off, Mike Rowe, you fucking theater kid. And I pointed out how he is not a friend of workers. Because he's not out here talking about unions and strikes which are happening all over the country. No, he's out here talking about, let's go, Brandon. Of course, I bring Uh, it up because we just had a conversation about how this sort of... I'm not high enough for this shit. It's it's a meme. uh, It's more than a trope. It's more than a meme. A trope, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, but it's it, it's a bit of a troll, but it's clever. If you don't know, I mean, surely everybody knows, but we can't. It's not clever. I think the reporter that tried to cover for the profanity on a national broadcast was clever when she came up with saying "Let's go, Brandon" instead of "Fuck you, Biden" or instead of "Fuck you, Biden." Biden. I guess it's clever to moronic fucking right-wingers. They've never heard a fucking funny joke in their in their lives. Can't assume. You know, with an audience this vast, there's probably okay. to be somebody in there that doesn't know what we're talking about. But let's go, Brandon. Sure. Has become code for F. Joe Biden. And F. Joe Biden, of course, is code for Frank Joe Biden. But I don't say Frank <laughs> on this podcast. You know I'm going to bleep that. <laughs> I do, but I want I want people to understand. You know, a reporter, I think for ESPN or NBC or somebody, was covering a race, and a guy named Brandon was mm-hmm. the driver. And while they were, mm-hmm. while she was interviewing, Brandon, am I slurring tonight? I'm sorry. Large crowd started chanting, "Joe Biden," and it was crystal mm-hmm. clear. Everybody could hear it, and uh, this made the reporter nervous. So she said, "Oh, Brandon." These people love you. You can hear them chanting, let's go, Brandon. Well, of course, that's not what they were chanting. Which was clever. That's the clever part of this. I don't know who first decided that let's just go ahead. Crime wave Biden. For what the people were really saying, and now it's gone everywhere. I wish. I think the purpose of our conversation, Chuck, when this came up, was my point was this is clever. It's not 
It's not rude. It's not, as many have suggested, a giant coarsening of the... What, dude, what in the fuck do you think the word... Things. P- politics. What in the fuck does micro think the word clever means? Get it, let's get a textbook definition here. Quick to understand, learn and devise or apply ideas. Intelligent. Skilled at doing or achieving something. Talented. Showing intelligence or skill in genius. Sensible, well advised. Nothing, nothing about the word clever encompasses what they are doing with the let's go Brandon reaction to uh, the times that we're living in and the times that we're living in right now are forcing lots of people on both sides of the aisle to look at a thing or hear a thing and be told that what they're seeing and what they're hearing is not real and you can't do that to people indefinitely and expect them not to push back like how Mike Rowe, host of Dirty Jobs, passes himself off as an everyman working guy, but is a fucking theater kid. Kind of like that, Mike? Somehow. You, you can't tell people that the border is secure and then show them images of tens of thousands of people flooding over it. You're right. You can't tell people that the that the evacuation of Afghanistan was a success and then show them people falling off of a plane. Right. You, 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 yeah. you, you just can't do that. And, and you can't ask people who are watching a NASCAR race at home who clearly hear the crowd yelling at Joe Biden to pretend that what they're really hearing is let's go Brandon. But nobody's at, that was a fucking I think what's happened is people have just become sick and t- That was a young like it wasn't like the media was trying to cover for Joe Biden. That was a young reporter that is probably apolitical cuz she's a NASCAR reporter. She probably gives two fucking shits about politics. Believe me, I know because I've met female sports reporters. They know about sports. They don't know about fucking anything else. There's like fucking sports guys only know about sports. So the idea that she was trying to cover in some nefarious fucking way for Joe Biden is absurd. She was trying to cover for her broadcast TV station, which could be fined for having a profanity on it. So she tried to cover up the fact that they're chanting fuck in the crowd. Like idiots. Tired of being told that what they're seeing and what they're hearing is not what they're seeing and hearing. And this is is the perfect trope. I don't think people who yell it are necessarily enemies of the president. I think they're enemies of being told that what they're seeing and what they're hearing isn't real. That it's somehow a figment of their imagination. People are sick of that.
I think people have a legitimate gripe that they were irritated with. And I think it started at NASCAR and at college football games. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. So, yeah, the most politically informed among us, I'm sure. President of the United States. Mm-hmm. Whatever displeasure, and his numbers are very low right now, whatever displeasure you have with the president, this is not a great thing to, to be saying. And now people have found a way to say the same thing without being coarse without or saying. crass. And That's I, right. And I think that is what makes it really funny. Oh, because it lets the evangelicals get in on it, because that's, that's the bulk of the Trump base. If you're going to tell me... They can get in on the joke now. <laughs> then I'll live mm-hmm. with that, because now you know what I'm really saying. And look, I think what's happening with our language is amazing, and it's not good, right? I think that... Like with higher education, for instance, I, I, I rant about this all the time with MicroWorks. You can't talk about higher education without implying that all other forms of education are lower. Right. And that's crazy because apprenticeships are not. I'm pretty sure the term higher education means education past high school means some level of training past high school and isn't relegated to just college. Because if it was just college, you'd just say college. Higher education is the encompassing term for shit that happens after high school. You stupid fuck, Mike Rowe. Not lower education, and community college is not lower education education it's different it's not about higher or lower but we community college is part of the term higher education mike let we let people take the language and and do this goofy crap with it and then we're we're left with a real rhetorical problem we just saw it happen with essential work a rhetorical problem but guess what when you do that you're telling 40 million or so people that they're non-essential and that's not good do you know what a rhetorical problem is, Micro? And you're complaining about people's usage of language. As you lay out something I am assuming you consider a problem that is not rhetorical. I'm flabbergasted. There are people that listen to this dumb fuck and think he's intelligent? That you have something to add to the national conversation? Jesus Christ. I'm dumber for having watched this. I'm sorry I made you guys sit through it. Fuck. We're going to skip over some of my shit because I want to make sure I dump you guys off with the media winch when she comes on because she got something special for tonight. I already heard it. She sent it to me earlier. But you know we got to talk about this Jussie Smollett thing. Holy fuck. If we got time here, we'll do Matt Walsh read along. Uh, 
Jussie Smollett took the stand today in his trial where he is accused of staging a hate crime. He testified that he did drugs and masturbated with his attacker. Um, I, let me first hit the content warning, I guess. And then also say that Jesse apparently, uh... You live in sexual anarchy. Jesse Smollett finally took the stand in his bizarre trial Monday and testified that he once masturbated with one of the men he's accused of hiring to attack him for attention. Smollett said it all went down during a visit to a bathhouse with a Benbola Ostiero. I'm sorry, dude. I butchered your name. One of the two brothers, Smollett is accused of paying to beat him up, yell racist slurs, and pour bleach on him in January of 2019. We went alone. We got a private room again. Smollett recalled in the courtroom on Monday, according to Chicago Tribune reporter Jason Mesner. We made out a little bit, and this time we masturbated together. Smollett also testified that after he met Osmundero at a club... They made out and did drugs during a different bathhouse interaction in Boys Town, the Chicago Tribune reported. The ex-Empire star's testimony, built on the defense's line of questioning last week, when one attorney for Smollett dramatically asked Osamundero, a major witness for the prosecution, when he'd started dating Smollett. Osamundero said he never did. Smollett, who has pleaded not guilty to six counts of disorderly conduct, is accused of orchestrating his own attack and roping in the brothers because he was upset at how the show handled a threatening letter he received to the studio. Smollett has repeatedly maintained that the attack was no hoax, including on the stand Monday, and his attorneys have sought to show jurors the brothers are untrustworthy and possibly homophobic. But wait, they were meeting in a gay bathhouse. In opening statements last week, Smollett's lawyers also alleged that the brothers beat him up because Osendero and his brother, Albinjo, didn't like him. Not because they were paid to do it, according to the Associated Press. And the $3,500 check the jury saw last week that prosecutors said was payment for the brothers to help in staging a hate crime was for physical training from Osendero ahead of a music video, defense lawyers said. Last week, the jury saw a text Smollett had sent to Osendero about talking on the low, which Osendero testified led to a meeting where Smollett asked him to stage the attack. Smollett, however, has said and repeated Monday that the text was about an illegal steroid. Still, prosecutors have pointed to a video that apparently shows Smollett driving around with the brothers a few days before the attack, which was allegedly the day Smollett brought up the idea of doing it, according to the New York Times. Smollett testified that the drive was just them smoking blunts, actually. to that.
while it faces the possibility of up to three years in prison, though some experts have said it's unlikely he will spend any time behind bars for his alleged offenses, still the evidence against him doesn't look good. Last week, Smollett's lawyers even requested a mistrial over allegations that the judge presiding over the case lunged and snarled at one of the attorneys. The judge swiftly denied the allegations, as well as the request for a mistrial. Well, that's pretty insane. Not as insane as Matt Walsh from the Daily Wire releasing a children's book. Here is Matt Walsh apparently getting some children together for story hour with sweet baby Matt Walsh. Okay. Hello, boys and girls. Yeah, the kids look about as enthused as we are. My name is Matt Walsh. I am a children's author, and I've written a book called Johnny the Walrus. This book is all about identity and imagination. What is identity? Does anyone know what identity means? No. Do you know? you know what identity is? No? Okay. It's who you are, right? He's indoctrinating these children. Is there anything you like to pretend to be? How about in the back? A ninja. That's a good one. What about you? All right. Well, we all like to use our imagination. Sometimes I use my imagination. I pretend to be a monster. I chase my kids around. Sometimes you pretend to be an intelligent person. That's what this book is about. It's all about a boy. That's what those glasses on your face is about. He identifies as a walrus. And his mom's a little silly. She takes it seriously and thinks he really is a walrus. That's silly, isn't it? So what is this thing doing on the floor? That's, we don't have to worry about that. We're going to read the book now. Okay. Johnny's a boy with a big imagination. <laughs> Sit down, little kid. We're gonna we're gonna read my stupid book now. <laughs> oh my god, I gotta watch that again. That was great. That's silly, isn't it? So what is this thing doing on the floor? That's we don't have to worry about that. We're gonna read the book now. Okay. <laughs> he's more interested in some fucking wind he found on the floor. Whatever the fuck Matt Walsh is peddling. Good kid. Crab or, or a lobster. The kids are all right. These kids are doing well because they have no fucking time for this dumbass. One morning, he came downstairs barking and clapping. Wood spoons for tusks and sock fins a flapping. He had spoons in his mouth. He was pretending to be a walrus. I'm Surely he was able to fucking write this, like, because it's nothing. It's nothing. Anybody could write a children's book. Johnny's mom loves her son's make He didn't draw the fucking cartoons, and that's the main part of the book. Like, passing yourself off as the author of this stupid-ass book is insane. Because you know what this book is? This book is an actual talented illustrator. And then some dumb fuck words on top of it. Leave time. You're Johnny the Walrus till you change your mind, Mommy says. But Johnny's mom's phone said it's not just pretend. So she went on her phone and there are people telling her that this isn't pretend. He's I've thought about doing a children's call... Uh, uh, uh. I've thought about doing a children's cartoon called Catastrophe. I've gone back and forth of whether Catastrophe would be an adult cartoon or a children's cartoon. 
I'm I'm a I'm a I'm an audiovisual creator. I'm not much on the writing, though one of these days I'm gonna write my memoir. Maybe maybe we'll get some catastrophe together for you. He's really a walrus. Only a bigot would say that. How dare you offend? What's a bigot? Anybody know? He's talking about bigots in his book? Mommy was told to take John for a checkup. All these people are holding signs. Johnny is a real walrus, one sign says. Human walruses are real walruses. Let Johnny transition, all these people are saying. You'll need to eat worms and to put on gray makeup. The worms give you whiskers, the gray blends you in, the doctor says. And a simple procedure cuts feet into fins. The doctor wants to cut into Johnny and make him into a walrus. It's this was much, much better as the Kevin Smith movie Tusk. I did Yeah, I didn't think walruses ate worms either. Wood spoons kind of hurt, and the makeup is itchy. Deep down, Johnny's mom knew that something was wrong. Look at Johnny. He's, he's dressed up like a walrus, but he's not having a fun time. But she felt so much pressure, she just went along. The internet people knew just what to do. She went back to the internet to look for answers. Never a good idea. And mommy was told to take John to... Says the internet personality hawking his stupid ass book. When Johnny arrived, the walruses grunted. And the mommy says, my boy's a real walrus. His growth was just stunted. But she really thinks this kid is a walrus. No. The zookeeper thought, what's she talking about? Ma'am, his growth was just stunted. Spoons in his mouth. Now he's the voice of reason. But if I believe that, they'll say that I'm phobic. Protecting your son, ma'am, is what's most heroic. At last, Johnny's mommy was able to see that Johnny's not what he's pretending to be. Now mommy ignores the mean things on her phone while Johnny pretends he's a bird flying home. The end. That's <laughs> the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. There's another one there. We got a bunch of them. They're gonna be all over the place soon enough. You can ask your parents to buy it for you. Is there is there a particular ending we're looking for here or just <laughs> <laughs> Is there a particular ending we're looking for here? Go back to the kid that was showing you the lint on the floor that he thought was more interesting than your dumbass. That would have been the ending that was most apropos of that steaming pile of shit we just watched. However, I'm not going to leave you without a, a, a palate cleanser. It felt like an hour. It felt like an hour. It felt like a fucking hour. Watch these kids. Or what? Maybe I am. I'm fucked up. I am slurring my words on it. Watch these kittens wrestle in a WWE ring. They are having a hell of a match.
Oh, where'd the where'd the other two go? The orange one was tagged in. Oh, oh, he's stuck in the ropes. It's a slobber knocker. By God, he broke him in half. Stone Cold! Stone Cold! Yeah, where's the ref? He's in the ropes, ref! He's in the ropes! Break this up! Honest to God, where's more of this? I need more of this. this why didn't I ever think to do this? This is brilliant. Why? First, first, yeah, where's the ref to break this up? Because, like, the orange one has... The white one's still, but he's still in charge. He's taking care of business with the other one, even though the orange one's got his tail. Wild. What a, you are witnessing the greatest night in the history of professional uh, wrestling. We have never seen anything like this. This is what the WWE needs to move to. All right, if you are watching on Twitch, you are heading over to Echoplex Media. It is Meltdown Monday with the Media Winch. Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freaking. We will see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol live.